Hey folks, uh, it's Glenn here. Uh, I hope you've all had a good week and uh, welcome back to the show. These intro segments are still tripping me up a bit, so so bear with me. I still have a weird tendency to, to kind of clam up when I switch the mic on, so I'll continue to, uh, to try and improve and uh, get over my shyness there. Um, I, I feel like I transform into some phony game show host when I talk into a microphone. And on top of that, you know, for these intros, I feel like I should come prepared with like a shtick or a routine to warm up the audience, if indeed there is an audience. But there'll be no routine this week, uh, just a neurotic overanalyzer lamenting the fact that he doesn't have anything funny to say. Uh, or uh, was that funny? I, I can't even tell anymore. Um, the episode this week is called Music as a Salve or Mum, Why is Dad Crying in the Bedroom? And it just sort of lays out how my dad had a significant influence over my taste in music. Even though as a kid, uh, I swore I'd never listen to the shit that he listened to. And I'm sure some of you guys have similar experiences with your parents. Also just want to remind you to, you know, please give the show a rating or review on the various podcast apps. I've heard that this helps us out quite a bit and... I don't think it would be too much of a pain in the ass for you guys, so uh, so we'd appreciate it. Um, also, uh, we have some uh, some great episodes coming up. Um, I've had the chance to preview some of Andrew's future episodes, and I think you'll dig them. Um, also, if you haven't yet, go back and listen to Impulse Is My Shepherd from last week, uh, another story from Andrew. A laugh-out-loud, raucous affair from the pen of Mr. Couch, uh, according to the New York Times. Um, seriously, though, it's really fucking funny, and I think you should all listen. Um, that's enough for me. Uh, keep it brief. Um, please enjoy this episode. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you back here in two weeks. Uh, you'll hear from Andrew in a week's time, and take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time. Music was a big deal in the house I grew up in. Mostly from a consumption perspective as opposed to creation, but nevertheless, it was a huge presence. By the time I came along in the early 80s, my parents' record collection was reduced to soggy gatefolds and warped vinyl due to our perpetually water-damaged basement. However, they still had an impressive number of cassette tapes and were in the beginning stages of building their CD library. Dad was a classic country and bluegrass guy, always extolling the virtues of Hank Sr., Jimmy Rogers, and Ralph Stanley, but was also a massive Bob Dylan fan. My mom's taste skewed more towards 70s and 80s country pop, some of her favorite artists being Conway Twitty, John Denver, and Tammy Wynette. Just saying these artists' names out loud brings me back to the regular Saturday night euchre games my parents hosted. Me, as a 9- or 10-year-old kid would play bartender as my folks and their increasingly inebriated friends would fill the air with their shrill laughter and cigarette smoke. All the while, country music reverberating throughout the house. I also have a sister and a brother who are 11 and 8 years older respectively, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention their influence on my musical upbringing as well. My sister had relatively conventional taste for a teenager in the 80s, Duran Duran, Culture Club, Cyndi Lauper. 
my brother didn't stray too far off the musical beaten path either. I remember his briefcase of cassettes containing such stone-cold classics as Motley Crue's Girls, Girls, Girls and Def Leppard's Hysteria, as well as everything Aerosmith ever put to tape. Early on in my musical journey, it was my brother I looked to for recommendations. By the time I was 10 or so, I had evolved out of my American Top 40 stage and was looking for something a bit more substantive. Enter my brother, armed with his newfound interest in grunge music. He had aged out of his hairband fandom and was now blasting the likes of Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, and Nirvana. Cobain, Novoselic, and Grohl turned what was a casual interest in music for me into an obsession, especially their Unplugged in New York live album. I remember with a mixture of fondness and embarrassment singing, or should I say screeching, the chorus of Plateau to my mystified grade 7 classmates. As I was getting my musical feet wet with the help of my brother, my dad was unabashedly assaulting every member of our family's ears with that high lonesome sound. Be it in the car on the way to baseball, on the truck radio as we cleared brush from the fence line, or coming out of our living room stereo as we got ready for church on Sundays. You know, you won't listen to rock music forever. Give it a few years and you'll be listening to the Carter family too, he'd prophesize. My mum, as I mentioned, was more into the pop side of country music and was none too thrilled when Dad would commandeer the car's cassette deck on long car rides. Why the hell is his voice so squeaky, she'd say, upon hearing Jimmy Martin or some other bluegrass falsetto. Dad worked in a factory on weekdays and Mum ran a daycare, so these car rides would typically take place on either Saturday or Sunday to blow off some steam from a stressful week. We'd go to a neighboring city for shopping, or we might just go on a country drive to get out of the house. The one thing that never changed, though, was the fact that we had to be home by 5 p.m. on Saturday evenings and 7 p.m. on Sundays. These time slots were reserved for my dad's radio shows. The Saturday program was broadcast out of Smith Falls, Ontario, and was essentially a bluegrass playlist with some commentary and introductions in between. Ditto for the Sunday show, however it was transmitted from northern New York State. It went like this. We'd arrive home from our day trip at either 5 minutes to 5, or five minutes to seven, depending on the day. Dad would brew himself an instant coffee, grab a couple Maxell blank cassette tapes, and head into his bedroom. He'd flick on the radio, load the cassette deck, and proceed to lay on the floor in front of the stereo cabinet, trigger finger itchy and ready to hit the record button. The objective was to fill those blank cassettes with whatever songs he deemed worthy from those radio programs. He filled dozens of these tapes. On more than one occasion, I wandered past his bedroom during one of these recording sessions, and tears would be running down his face. Gathering flowers for the master's bouquet, for example, or another tearjerker would be playing. Our eyes would meet, he'd look slightly embarrassed, and I'd continue down the hall pretending I didn't notice. The power of music indeed. His multiple bouts with kidney stones and country and bluegrass music were the two things that could reliably make my dad cry. As time marched on and the internet became a reality for our family in the late 90s, Dad began downloading MP3s and burning them onto CDs. He considered this technology to be something out of a David Copperfield magic show. No longer did he have to wait for a good song to play on the radio. He could simply Google and download. 
My taste in music shifted with the wind in those halcyon teenage years. I went from a grunge-obsessed 12-year-old into a punk phase in my mid-teens, and then settled somewhat ambivalently in the indie rock world by the time I was drinking age. Something strange, however, began to occur in my early 20s. I realized that I was beginning to gravitate to more country and folk-inflected music. It started with gateway drugs like Wilco and Sunvolt, and began to spread from there. By the time I was approaching my 30th birthday, I was fully immersed in the world of Texas songwriters. Towns Van Zant and Guy Clark had hooked me hard. As I sit here now, I feel like I've made a complete transition into full-bodied country addict. To be clear, I'm not talking about the slickly produced pop country radio nonsense, but the classic artists my dad introduced me to in childhood. Haggard, Hank, Paycheck, Tom T. Hall. He was right. I wouldn't listen to rock music forever. That being said, I still listen to and love all types of music, but the country bluegrass influence eventually caught up to me and is hanging on tighter than ever. Dad passed away when I was 28, but I can thank him for, among other things, my deep passion for music. I don't know what happened to all those tapes. They might be buried somewhere in my house, or else at my sister or brother's home. If I do find them, and I hope I do, I'll listen back wistfully and try to hold back the tears. I got a feeling called the blues, old Lord, since my baby said goodbye. Lord, I don't know what to do. All I do is sat inside. Oh, Lord, that last long day she said goodbye. Well, Lord, I thought I would cry. She'll do me, she'll do you. She's got the kind of loving. Lord, I love to hear her when she calls me sweet daddy. Such a beautiful dream. I hate to think it's all over. I've lost my heart, it seems. I've grown so used to you somehow. Lord, I'm nobody, sugar daddy now. And I'm lonesome. I got the love sick blue. Thanks for tuning in to the Raised by Whoops fake radio show. This is Glenn. Both Andrew and I are grateful for your time and attention. If you enjoyed that story, we'd appreciate if you could tell your friends, family, or even a few strangers about the show. Additionally, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have a short story you'd like us to tell, or even some music you'd like to share, you can reach out via the website, raisedbywhoops.com. We're glad to have you with us. Until next time, thanks, and take care. Lord, I don't know how to do. All I do is sit inside. Oh, Lord, that last long day she said goodbye. Well, Lord, I thought I would cry. She'll do me, she'll do you. She's got that kind of loving. Lord, I love to hear her when she calls me sweet dad. That is such a beautiful dream I hate to think it's all over I've lost my heart, it seems